clear. We are the weirdos. I am God. What? I tried to warn her. Hi friends, welcome back to Odds Cheerion. I'm your co-host Sam Weinman. And I am your co-host Jordan Cruciola. And today I uh, I have something brief <laughs> to talk to you about. <laughs> that's to be determined. We'll see in listen, progress. Whether it feels that's in my head it's really quick, but like, listen, it's Willa Ford. So Willa who knows? Ford. So who knows? Yeah, we don't want to put a limit on Willa Ford. I just want to tell you, I'm just so excited because I was like, okay, this is how it happened. I was driving around listening to Willa Ford like I do and um, mm-hmm. and trying to text you, Jordan, different songs that you needed to hear because they're yes. historically important and almost wrecked my car. And I'm like, why don't I just go home and record this with you? Yeah. Yeah. And and, exactly. and this is this is a safer alternative to what I was trying to do. This is. This is the safer alternative, which Allow- I'm very glad about. There is so much I want to tell you and... It, the the in just so we all know everybody out there mm-hmm. hi who the, who's Willa Ford friends right. you know her she was in Friday the Thirteenth the remake mm-hmm. in two thousand nine no mm-hmm. she is not Juliana Gill who played Brie who was also in my Super Psycho Sweet Sixteen <laughs> as Madison Juliana if you're out there we love you um uh, and she's she, not Danielle Panabaker who you may know from the Flash and she's and many not, other things but currently the Flash she's not Jared Padalecki who, by the way, has a fake fucking name. That is a fake name if I ever heard one. <laughs> Jared Padalecki, that's three kids in a trench coat. <laughs> Sam does not accept I, the name Padalecki. I'm telling you. and uh, But Willa Ford, she played Chelsea in the movie. She's the one that gets macheted under the dock. That's, yeah. And, uh, and obviously, that's heartbreaking uh, for anybody who was uh, a young person in 2001. And I'll explain why. <laughs> But in 2009, you know, I don't think um, even then this next generation really even knew who she was because that was a full eight years ago that she had a booming music career. And by booming, I mean her biggest single peaked at number 22 on the Billboard Hot 100. Not bad. explain a little something about the hierarchy of pop princesses in 2001 and it was a hierarchy it was a hierarchy because we had britney spears who was introduced in 1999 or 1998 1999 um and really took off uh obviously to to the degree that we know her today as a living legend yes Um, yes below her if you were like angsty and alternative then you liked christina aguilera right because she knew what a girl wants but yeah, if you wanted a little mustard on that, you you were an Extina fan. Right. You might even have her Spanish album. <laughs> Mi Reflejo. You might, yes, you might know that the <laughs> I Turn to You Spanish version is the superior version of that song. Oh. Poor Siempre Can't too. wait for the, yeah. can't wait for the oh. Extina episode. Listen, later guys, on. oh, you are not ready. And that, come on over, baby. We need a whole hour. So moving yes, on. Yes, we do. So that's number two. You've got Britney below that. You've got Christina below that. Yeah. You have Jessica Simpson. Jessica Simpson introduced with I Want to Love You Forever, uh, a song that is either about God or a blowjob. A blowjob? Highly likely. Uh, Highly likely. Down here on my knees, she wants to love you forever. Okay. Okay. 
So that happens, and she's like a, a church girl. So her whole shtick is she's a virgin, and the media is obsessed with her being a virgin, which forced yes. Britney Spears to talk about her virginity, which forced Justin Timberlake to talk about her virginity. Very strange yeah. time we were in. So oh God. there was this turn with like pop acts to be like very wholesome at that moment. And that's Ooh, when God, we get yeah. number four, Mandy Moore. Yeah. Just coming right up on the tail end of this. She's 15 singing an album that was written for a 30-year-old. Like <laughs> <laughs> the the most I mean cuz so young, the most outwardly wholesome girlish image of the bunch even more so than the Christian. Yes. And yet with Candy giving perhaps one of the most suggestive pop princess performances, music video performances of the era with her mouth work in that video. As an adult woman now watching that, I'm like, this is inappropriate. I gotta tell you, I am, so out of all of them, I identify, like, I was like a, like, I love Britney, and, and that is, like, well, first and lo- foremost, well, because that's love Mandy. baked into my DNA, but Mandy Moore is actually my favorite. Mandy, <laughs> you know, like, Mandy's wonderful. Mandy, Mandy is Moore, wonderful. Mandy Moore is where my heart lies. Like, if you want to, if you want to cut me open and look this at the insides, true. it, it mm-hmm. it's, it's the song, Try My Best Los Angeles by Mandy Moore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I... I, I love her. I love her to this day. The music that she's put out over the years has been incredible. And interestingly, mm-hmm. her very first album when she was 15 was written by a couple of guys who wanted to get into the industry as pop song makers and put her as the person singing them. And when you hear these yep. songs, you think they were not written for her. And right. and at the moment, I was like, I was younger. I was like her age, like 15, just being like, wow, yeah. yes, this we person were like understands. Ma- we were Mandy's age when we were This person Mandy. knows my Art and sexuality for sure like I <laughs> it was expressing something that I felt was necessary right like and and to this day like look I'm glad that was there for me I I will not trash it because I love it but well and Mandy Mandy has been quoted since then saying that if she could and never never do this women ladies you don't need to no. it was a necessary time but she has said if she could refund everyone who purchased the her first album she would and I'm she like did hey, say that and it breaks hey, my heart no no, we had to have that to have you. We had so to have don't do that. that. And you know what? I will say in more recent years, when during COVID, actually, when she started doing online concerts, she occasionally yeah. would play a couple of older hits. Like she played I Want to Be With You for the first time in like a decade. Like songs that, that she is had really like kind she of turned should her- should reclaim turn, those. Exactly. I, Rearrange so, them. Make them your own now. She did it with her Good. husband, who's like Good. a cute little indie rock star. And he like- yeah. Put him on his guitar, and and it was just adorable hearing them do them together. That's so Mandy great. is out there, like she's she's taking it back. She's saying that was mine. And if you want to all hear her uh, her feelings about those years, she wrote a song called "15" that was released on her last album, which I suspect is probably going to be the theme song for that TV show that got picked up that she pitched, like about a young pop star oh, who's fifteen. Mm, but it's about her years uh, on on the road as a as a pop star. So. Highly recommend. Which brings us to number five, the yes. person you don't know because you forgot, Willa Ford. Willa Ford. Willa Ford is number five because she's the sexy one. 
Now you're I, she it, she was absolutely packaged this, as the, the sexy one. So this is, and that's why this is that moment in love actually where you've met four sexy women and they're <laughs> like, "Oh, you're going to love the one you haven't met yet." Number 5, she's the sexy one. Yeah. And she comes out and she's exactly as sexy as everybody else. That's Willa Ford. Yeah. Listen, they're all sexy. Yeah. It's just the difference is Jessica Jessica Simpson sang a song about a blowjob in coded language. And yes. Willa Ford was going to sing a song about a blowjob, period. Period. So, and, and about being bad. About being bad. It I took gotta, Christina Aguilera an album to get did. to singing about being bad. Mm-hmm. And Willa Ford came on the scene singing about it. Willa Ford was like, hey, I see you all. Not for me. Yeah. And actually, she specifically said it to her record label. Um, it, in 2001, she had had an entire album, basically, almost an entire album recorded with MCA Records. They asked her, and she writes her own content, her own music. And so they asked her, hey, could you write something more wholesome? We just need some more wholesome compositions. So Willa Ford wrote, I want to be bad, and presented that mm-hmm. to them. <laughs> which is obviously not more wholesome. And in no. fact, uh, Lava Records heard it, and they scooped her right up. They were like, okay, yeah. they are wasting your talent, and they recorded a new album, which is Willow Was Here, which was released in 2001. So That was 2001? 2001. Actually, girl, that's not even her breakthrough. Her breakthrough was 1999, Pokemon the First Movie Soundtrack. Now, wow. friends, especially Gen Zers, you don't even know what a big deal this soundtrack was. This soundtrack had every fucking pop act at the time. It had yeah. Britney, Christina, and Sync, 98 Degrees, Vitamin C, Aaron Carter, Bewitched. Well, what what year is that? What year is that? 1999. Yeah, so famously, famously this friend of like, the pod, Margot, I think is two at the time. Oh, God, don't even tell me that. Don't tell me that. <laughs> Just don't to t- emphasize, the, emphasize the generational difference. Don't you me. say that to me. <laughs> don't you say that. Don't you say that to me. So in, <laughs> in 1999... She had her breakthrough song, Lullaby, which appeared on the soundtrack, which, by the way, in the 90s, guys, if you had a song on a soundtrack, you're oh, real. Yeah. That's real. That was it. That was so, it. That was a springboard. But get this. You don't know that, th- that that's her song because she's listed as Manda as the singer. Manda? That, now, was, what, that was what marketing thought be- was the move at the time because, was Manda? Because her name is Amanda. But which, Okay. So they dropped the A. Duh, that right? That is so odds. Now, that is so, so odds. Like, that is so right? odds. Well, so, you know what? We need to set her apart. So she's going to be Manda. So then <laughs> her fucking MCA team is like, um, I don't know. Mandy Moore is releasing an album. So we can't call you Manda. Yeah. And, and people, so people go by Mandy far more than they go by Manda. Surely yeah. there are Mandas out there. I'm not going to say there aren't. But the idea... That that would be the one to go with for like this is what's gonna get people to really grab on is yeah. Manda. But and there's Man- this... Manda Ford or just Manda. Just Manda, no last name, like gotcha. Cher, Madonna. Okay. Manda. Yeah. Manda. <laughs> <laughs> you know, really holds up to the rest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is great is great because there's a song on Manny Moore's first album where this guy just whispers, Mandy, Mandy, the sound of your voice is sweet like candy. And how awkward would that have been for Manda? So yeah. close. So close. <laughs> But doesn't rhyme with candy. I mean, heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. So (laughs) heartbreaking. Listen, she changes it to Willa Ford. I I don't know why. I would love to ask her. Let's get her on the pod. Oh, so that's not like that's not. No, that's her stage name. Oh, okay. So there's no completely unrelated names. Willa or something. Wow. Okay. 
just she she threw a dart at a board. No, I actually don't know. I I I, I have Afford, not been I able love to the find name Willa Ford. It's Me a too. Great pick. Willa Ford oh, is a great name. This is a woman who knew what the fuck she was doing. People said, "Hey, you're a little bit too in control of your sexuality." And she's like, "Really?" And then just like spreads her legs. Take a big look, guys. Like well, she doesn't what, give a what, fuck. How old is she? How old is she when she brands as Willa? Twenty one. Twenty one. So, okay, so she's twenty one. Britney starts at. Brittany's like, is she 17 16 in the Well, in she's the 16 video? when she starts recording uh, Baby One More Time, I think. Or maybe she was 15, but she's 16. I think she's 17 in the video. So it could be 17 in the 16 video. 16 or 17. Meet, meet Mandy. She's like 15. Christina is similarly young. I think yeah, in probably the teen range. So yeah. Willa, obviously the Manda era, she Listen, was younger. A grown when, woman. When the, the, yeah, she that's when she's stepping out as Willa comparatively. She is a grown woman. She's an how, adult woman. How interesting is it that these young women who were underage are being sold girls. as these girls who are underage are being sexualized and, and sold as that kind of property. And yet Willa Ford, who is over the age of 18, um, has sexually suggested material and executives are like, mm, I don't know. She's not 15. That is actually, <laughs> you know, yeah, that is such a perfect demonstration of what we have talked so often about on this, of the angel whore binary of the 2000s, where you could lolitify a girl and make her sexually appealing as the innocent young angel. But the moment she became overtly sexual and became a whore, then she was a pariah. That's then the she difference. was worthy of condemnation. You can, you can make a 16-year-old a, a desirable little innocent, but you can't make an embodied 21-year-old be comfortably sexy. You can't do that. How gross but true that wow. statement stands. I mean, think about how many how many adult reporters asked Britney Spears or Mandy Moore or Jessica Simpson if they were still virgins on a daily basis. That may sound unreal to you guys. Just YouTube it. It's a yeah. it it was a it was a subject that everybody felt comfortable just discussing with these uh these girls. Yeah, um, these kids. So that's why at the time, Willa Ford, um, it may not seem like a big deal that she was the, quote, sexy one, but it actually is fucking activism as far as I'm concerned. Willa Ford came out there and she was like, hey, I'm going to give a different option. Mm -hmm. um, what if I was in charge? Mm -hmm. And she wrote her own music. She produced her own album. She, pr she was a producer on her very first album. She well, and, her, and the vocal training. And the vocal training. Because friends, guess what? She is a classically trained opera singer. Did you yes. know? Now, yes. if you listen to our uh, Ots mix CD from part one, you may know that because I think I dropped that little nugget before. But she comes from a train, a classically trained vocalist background. Yes. And here she is giving us pop. Mm -hmm. So, and I will argue smart pop. And what I'm going to do today, friends, I'm going to take you through... The five songs that are not I Want to Be Bad. Yes. That you should know by Willa Ford. <laughs> and in doing so, I'm going to tell you a story. Okay, a story let's hear of it. the Ots era um, that has been lost in the sands of time. And honestly, if it weren't for Ots Tyrion, you may not be hearing it. Yeah. So if, not. <laughs> if we don't record this, it'll disappear. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is our burden. We, we, we must. So we've talked about what happened when she was 21 and briefly before Willa was here was released. You guys have heard us talk about mall tours before. Guess what? Oh, man, yeah. Mm -hmm. Willa Ford had a mall tour, baby. She that was, feels right. 
And she also opened for the Backstreet Boys during their uh, Millennium Tour. So she was hitting. Wow, and, that's and, a huge tour. Yep. Because also, I, I believe Mandy Moore opened for NSYNC or the Backstreet Boys. I can't remember which one she toured with. But she also opened for a boy band. So she's on the, the fast track to pop stardom. Um, but a huge deal that she's opening for the Millennium Tour, which was an yep. era-defining tour. Yes. Um, so she released her album, Willow Was Here, on July 17, 2001. And it peaked at 56 on the Billboard charts, um, the, the top 200. So it, a modest success. Uh, it, it's doing fine. It's not the blockbuster. It's doing fine. It's not, you know, it's not the Britney or Christina train, right? And it's not even the Jessica Simpson train, which interestingly um, only picked up steam on her second album, but we'll go, or mm-hmm. third album, which we'll talk about on another pod. Um, yeah. But her her 56, it's like, sure. 22 on the Hot 100 with I Want to Be Bad, great. But what I'll tell yeah. you is I Want to Be Bad is about, um, you know, it's about leaning into her bad girl image, which is something yes. that, like, she wanted ownership of. Not being coy about it, but saying, I want to be bad. And and yeah. that's a... And literally saying it, that that's a big that's a big deal for that moment. And her follow up single is on that same train. Uh, it's "Did You Understand That," which is actually a pretty great song. Um, not on my list because we only have so much time. But why I bring it up is its scheduled release date September eleventh, two thousand one. Right. The the um which uh the nine another nine eleven connection in the pop princess era being uh Jessica Simpson's dad blaming 9-11 for the suboptimal success i believe of her irresistible album yes um by the way if you've heard irresistible you know it's not it wasn't 9-11 guys no i'm just there's some good tracks there's some good tracks but like yeah like he he in print in print had had the audacity to say wow he said uh, that out loud to people yeah it yeah it was like well you know if it hadn't been i think i think the quote is i will find it i think it was like the two towers weren't the only thing that fell on 9-11 it's like something like that oh my god like we should all be going to a memorial for her album yeah like like that wasn't the only thing that was hurt that day oh that hurts me to hear yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, I will that's find like, the exact quote. The stuff around 9-11 that from the aughts era is so bonkers. Like the secret, you know, like the manifesting <laughs> mm-hmm. shit that that everybody knows and loves. Like in the first edition print, which I don't know if it's still there, but it goes into how, you know, it's your fault. If you think about it, you will it so. And so even something like 9-11 is the people's fault who were who died in it because they willed it to be that way. Now, listen, that book was a bestseller. <laughs> This gives you an idea of where we were all at mentally in the arts. This is, uh, so anyways, uh, did you understand that? Obviously, nobody was listening to the radio that day, (laughs) you know what I mean, for for Willa Ford's new single. Um, So they were like, hey, you know what, we'll try a different one. And there's another song about sex called Ooh Ooh or Oh Oh or whatever. And it's like, uh, they did it as a promotional single, no video, fizzled, nothing really. So they're like, fuck it. We're going to move on to another album. Great. Would have been great if months later her record label didn't get bought out by another label. Oh, okay. And they were like not super interested. But so down the chain of the down the chain, this is what happened. Um, well, as as we go through the songs, I'll kind of explain it a little bit. So let's talk about uh, number five coming in hot. Are you ready? Yep, let's hear it. It is chaos. 
it is hell in a handbasket. <laughs> it is intentionally hard to listen to, I think, <laughs> in moments. It wow. is the incredibly self-aware. I totally couldn't even comprehend how on target this was in the moment that it was released. It is Tired by Willa Ford. It's the same old thing over and over. And you're never gonna, never gonna see me listen. And you're never gonna see me cheat. No. Cause I'm the one who breaks it down. Follow me, you will see that I'm gonna blow the roof off this town. Now, Tired is Willa Ford's Don't Let Me Get Me. This is Willa Ford's Piece of Me. This is Willa Ford's, like, I'm going to sing about the industry. And I'm... In her first album. First fucking album, girl. She went right (laughs) for it. And this is what's really interesting. Because when you know that she toured with the Backstreet Boys and that she produced this first album, when you listen to the sounds that this is made with, they are all of the literal sounds that were in the Backstreet Boys album NSYNC's album, the Britney Spears album, and Christina's album, you can separate out like four distinct sounds that are emblematic of their biggest singles. The chimes, the bow, like all the different things. Like when you, Mm -hmm. so that's what I mean by chaos. She takes these sounds that shouldn't go together and she turns them into a pop song because she's using their pieces. Okay. So it opens with, it's a little laughable because it's a little on the nose. It's like, you want the truth? Here it is. Here it is. (laughs) Manufacture. And it's like, oh, okay. Got it. Um, So she's talking about how the pop industry is manufactured. And there are some interesting points that she makes, which were points of contention for Britney Spears at the time. Um, She Mm -hmm. says, you're never going to see me lip sync. You're never going to see me try to change because I'm the one who won't break it down. And it's like, okay, uh, Britney Spears lip sync, who cares, right? But that was actually a really big part of the reporting around Britney Spears. uh, Oh, that was a a big storyline. That was a big storyline. Aside from being obsessed with Britney Spears' virginity, reporters were obsessed with accusing her of lip syncing, which, by the way, who gives a fuck? <laughs> well, and it, it, it was part of that. It was a strange era in that it was um, so much of it was sort of prefabricated pop and the idea of performance, even for like par- prominent vocalists themselves like Christina Aguilera. I'm not saying Christina ever lip synced, but I am saying there was such a performance first mentality around yes. pop stars. It was the, the choreo, dance first. The packaging, yes. the presentation. Lift them down that... from the sky, put, have them pop out of a locker. Like it is. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, yeah, exactly. Hanging upside down, being lowered onto a stage covered heads in Heads on TVs. Like, yeah. It's like, yeah, guys, listen. It was, it was such a strange time where we all knew that was true and it was very obvious, but there was this like indie rock clash and like alternative rock clash with the pop sensibility of the time where these you know like the m&ms of the world shouting down the the validity of pop careers that it was all just a gag it was all just made up it was all just a machine none of it was real none of it was authentic none of it was genuine so there was this backlash to the idea of lip syncing which is what made the ashley simpson lip syncing controversy that would happen on snl basically a career bomb yeah, like, that ended it, things. It, yeah, that, right. that ripped because the axles out from under her car 
and it it left her dead on the road. Because this is the double standard about the lip syncing thing. It was okay. It's kind of like the virginity thing. It's like it's okay for an artist to lip sync as long as they never cop to it or get caught. Yeah. So yeah, people yeah, would accuse them, but yeah. you can't fuck it up. And Ashley Simpson yeah. fucked it up. Uh, mm-hmm. Not obviously not her fault. Um, but that's everybody else was doing it. But she's yeah. the one that took that had to fall on the sword. So yeah, she she became the she became I think the collective sacrifice for yes. the very weird fixation on what lip syncing meant about the state of pop in the 2000s. And I think casually singing about it is like the pop equivalent to like Jimmy Eat World singing about like uh, taking the right pill every day. You know what I mean? Like everybody yeah. or Sugar Cult and like the crazy pills. Like everybody's like, oh god, antidepressants. They're gonna ru- they're gonna make us not feel. And like actually, it was just a time when like we were being properly medicated. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. oh cool, mental health. But like, but like indie music was like, but no. <laughs> yeah, no, but be your so, real self. So this is that. <laughs> but as Pete Davidson says, take them. Yeah, uh, this is just take them. This is, uh, so Willa Ford makes this song and this statement about the pop industry. And I see yeah. this as a direct hit at MCA Records. I mm. think she was looking at the, the place that she came from and said, I don't want to be that. And I'm going to show yeah. you what that looks like. Unfortunately, when it was released, I think that people had interpreted it as sincere because it is put together and presented like a pop song. Um, so people didn't read it as satire, right? They read it as hokey. And I think Jewel had that similar situation happen when she brought Intuition. Intuition, yes. Not everybody saw that as the yep. blatant satire that it was. They saw oh Jewel, God. for some reason, Jewel selling out and, and turning pure pop. You are the right person to have this conversation with. Like, I mean, like, of course you are. But, like, I am so glad we're talking <laughs> yeah. about this. Nobody I know would bring up Jules Intuition, which, by the way, I had the CD single of. Uh, it, oh, yeah. Of her first single and the one that ended up um, on a Razor commercial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyways, this there's a line in this that, uh, so, like Don't Let Me Get Me, which references Britney Spears, uh, Pink's Don't Let Me Get Me. Um, there's, yeah. w- which was 2001. This is also a song from 2001 that, re- that references Britney Spears. She says, tired of the blondes trying to look like me, tired of the people saying Britney. And it's like, okay. So at the time we could take hits at Britney because that was culturally like she was the top. And so it's like, okay. She was the top. She was the top. But now we all realize in retrospect that she was just being collectively bullied by the world. But let's, this is a complicated piece of a moment. Yeah. And so I just want to give you guys a glimpse. That is why I know and love Tired. Now let's get to the bops. These are the singles that you've never heard and should have. Number four. (laughs) Oh, and I, oh, before you do, I can, I can come in with the point of clarification on the quote. Um, this is an excerpt from a, I can't access the Vanity Fair article I want to, or the Rolling Stone article that I want to because it is paywalled, but this is a Vanity Fair article that speaks to that exact quote. Jessica's second album, Irresistible, was released in June of 2001. Following 9-11, Sony refused to promote a third single, which Joe Simpson believed critical for his daughter's prospects. She needed a hit. Speaking to Rolling Stone in 2004, he said, quote, when those planes crashed into those buildings, it nearly demolished our career. <gasps> our oh, Joe. career. Joe. So invoking Buddy. 9-11 and then uh, 
framing his daughter's career as their collective profession. These fucking so stage parents. The stage parents of the odds. Such, he was he was a quintessential stage parent of the 2000s. And the thing that I think that I can't stress enough for either Gen Z or people who were older and didn't experience this, the stage parents of these pop stars were their own pop stars. Like Dina Lohan, yes. Lindsay's mom. Dina Lohan. Was a headline. Mm-hmm. Uh, her dad was headline news. Like when yep. uh, there, it, it's just all of these people's families uh, they were and the the limitlessness and and lack of scruples among celebrity journalism at the time uh, left no stone unturned. Nothing Britney Spears' was mom wrote a book with her, heart to heart. Like these are these were like the normal. This is like what it was. So again, Will Afford being the, oh, I, mean, I think it was like a some sort of like it wasn't like a making the video, but it was like a MTV doc ish thing about Christina Aguilera like reconnecting with her estranged father. It's really interesting getting reacquainted with with my father. My parents were separated and divorced when I was pretty young. And I didn't know him for a lot of years. He would come and visit once in a while, but everybody changes and everybody learns things and and grows. There's always room for forgiveness. He's my father, and he supports me 100% in knowing that I have to take certain steps in healing myself. He's a part of my life now. Oh, wow. God. What a, what yeah. an era. Uh, we should what do a an- podcast about this time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a lot to I, say. But yes. I will say... So Song number four, whenever gonna, you're ready. Song number four is going to move us into 2003. This song... Uh, mysteriously showed up at CD stores and borders all over the country. Uh, it is, it, as a single, uh, it was released, it's called Fuck the Men, and then in parentheses, oh. a, to- a Toast to Men. You you be the judge, but that's the, yeah. two, the two titles, right? <laughs> By Willa Ford and Lady That May. feels like what we had to do for feminism in the 2000s. Absolutely. There it is. That's right, boys. Number four, fuck the men, a toast to men. It opens with a great spoken word that I love. It's here's to the men we love. Here's to the men who love us. Here's to the men we love who don't love us. Fuck the men. Let's drink to us. And then the song starts. Willa Ford then proceeds to do something that is really innovative for 2003, which is she sings the choruses and has gives the verses to the person that would normally be just the rap at the end. So Lady oh. May, who would be like the featuring Lady, Lady May, May. Okay. she sings verse one and two. And guess who sings the, the chorus and rap? Willa Ford. <laughs> oh. Yeah, she even comes in with the rap at the end. Twist. Like, so it's a really, it's it's a really interesting subversion on the uh on the formula that we were getting again and again in pop. And yet I think people kind of like heard it and misunderstood. Um, but it is 
a lot of fun. I could totally hear it in a like on TV in a movie. But mm-hmm. the problem is you can't actually hear it because in the title is the word fuck. This is before even work bitch was censored on iTunes. iTunes totally. won't list anything with uh, even today. Apple Music won't list it the way that Spotify will if there's an ex- uh, explicative in the title and without being well, like, and you asterisk. can't. And there's no there's no fucking there's no Bandcamp. There's nope. no SoundCloud. There's no there's no way to be like I'm just putting my shit out there. So no matter what, so it's just it's buried. If it's not it's going there. through the behemoth channels, it's buried. People took one look at the song and they were like, "We can't air this." Yeah. And that is the story of Willa Ford's unreleased second album, Sexy Sex Sexy Sex Obsessive, one word, Sexy Sex That's Obsessive. That's right, Sexy Sex Obsessive. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it was originally titled Porn Poetry, and they were like, "Nope." You got to title it again. So she's like, okay, yeah. sexy, sex obsessive. I love that. <laughs> Willa Ford, second album, porn, poetry, welcome to 2003. Now here is the problem. This yeah, is- like that could be a Kim Petras album now. Oh my God. Yes. Now, today, in it's 2022. It's basically the last Kim Petras album. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Her Slut Pop album. Yeah. Yeah. Like she was doing this in the early 2000s or trying to, but unfortunately- um, because of the content of her her stuff and the fact that she had, you know, had a minor success before, as yeah. this album changed hands to a new record company, it disappeared. So yeah. she re-record she had two versions of it. Um, and Fuck the Men, A Toast to Men was actually the sing gonna be the first single, Sexy Sex Obsessive was gonna be the second single, the the mm-hmm. title of the album, but also the single. Um, but this song never took off, despite having lines like, uh, uh, this is number three? This is song number this, three? Oh, sorry. This is me wrapping up four. Oh. Uh, despite having words like, I've been with I've been with boys with baldies, boys with hair curly, boys in their 30s, boys that ain't worthy, boys I fell for and slept with too early, boys with dicks straight, boys with dicks curvy. Guys, that's that. Now, is that porn poetry if you've ever heard it? Because I think so. There it is. There so, it is. So that is that's number four um, in, in the Holy Grail uh, off of the Holy Grail album of pop music, the unreleased and unheard Willa Ford album, which p- some people did hear, uh, and and it got amazing reviews. The people that heard it said it was going to be a game changer, that this album was going to like blow the face off of pop music. Uh-huh. But this is the only piece officially that we have. This and uh-huh. six terrible remixes. All right. <laughs> Follow oh oh one one thing by the way classically trained opera singer tune into the end of that song because guess what you hear <laughs> she does her opera shit yes Willa Ford singing that's, opera that's over exciting. Willa Ford it is very Fifth Element just <laughs> just a really exciting exciting thing so okay I'm gonna talk about a single that uh, number three is Nastified which is a duet with Park. Jiyoon. Okay. Girl, listen now. I'm on to you. I run the space and the menu too. Well, good for you. If that is true, you might as well tell them what to do. Welcome to the real East Coast where your booty ain't considered beauty. What? Creeping right up in my town. You thinking you can put me down? Well, baby girl, I don't think so. I'm not some stupid nasty. I'm sexy. I'm crazy. Still a lady. Now, this is a uh, a South Korean pop star 
Mm-hmm. And uh, and this duet was released off of Park's album, Park's fifth album, Man. And it is so fucking good uh, with lines like, welcome to the real East Coast. <laughs> and uh-huh, like, uh-huh. and it's all about uh, embracing who you are. Like, she's like, I'm sexy, I'm crazy, still a lady, and this is how I'm nastified. So it's taking the word nasty, turning it into a verb. She Because Willa Ford had a song called um, uh, Dare, where she repeatedly sings like nasty lady nasty lady like all the stuff like it's, okay. or, oh nasty 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 that's what it is and it's so good <laughs> and nasty, nasty, nasty. so she takes that and basically uh repackages it into this n- newer like kind of more club ready package and this is one of her wow best she was even collaborating songs. with k-pop stars in the early in 2000s. 2001 the same year as i want to be bad like she wasted wow. no time but of course we never heard that here but you all should seek this out and find it because it is a bob. It's so fun. <laughs> and she like fakes beef with this pop star in the beginning. You know, like two girls at a club, like, uh, can you believe her? And well, then in the era of skits. The era love of it. skits. Total, just, per, just full performance. Boy is mine. You know, Brandy and Monica. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. And they're not even, in this song, they're not even fighting over a guy. They're just fighting over like being sexy in the same room. It's like, hey, this I is cannot, my space to be sexy. I cannot believe how many skits there were. In that period of time, Sam, like I like the, like dreams album. It was all a dream. Oh, right. There are so uh, even of them. There are so many skits they have, of them just like talking like they're hanging out. Yes. Oh, my God. Mandy Moore's album. There's a there's a telephone interlude. Uh, Hey, what's up? It's Mandy. You know, it's yeah. like, Mandy, I heard what happened. Call me. Yeah. Bye. yeah. Click. <laughs> so you know, it's Mandy. It's Bonnie. And so me and my best friend always call each other. It's like, Mandy, it's Bonnie. I heard what happened. <laughs> well, and, and what's, I, okay, so what's the, what's the, and what's the Britney song where is it lucky that it's like, yo, Brit, you're such a nerd. Like what? Yes. Intro is that? Yes. That's on, is that that's lucky? off of her second album. Hi, what's up? This is Brit and I'm not in right now. So do your thing. Beep. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yo, Brit, you're a nerd. You really need to change that message. Look, I was thinking about that movie we saw the other night. You know how she had all that fame and all that money. She still wasn't happy. Wouldn't that make a cool song? But yeah, skits, skits galore, guys. Skits on every yes. album. Skits. <laughs> you got a spoken intro. You've got full drama. They want you. To, they want you to know that they're setting the scene. Yeah, they're setting a scene. This is a whole. This is a fully formed person you are listening to. This is not an image. This is not a persona. This is real. Okay, so so far we have a a bold statement on the state of pop music. We've got a a song that that just can't air <laughs> on the radio. Too um, hot for TV. Too too hot for TV. Um, and we've got uh, a song that's only playing overseas. So what does that lead to, friends? Thanks to MySpace, we finally right. did get an era where people could leak their own music. So That's right. from 2005 to 2008, MySpace was like on top, right? And actually, MySpace, the thing that MySpace was the most successful at was giving um, musicians a venue to share their music. That's how my music took off. I was a right, MySpace yeah. musician, and that was my primary like mode of connecting with people. And it was, uh, it, MySpace was a place for music. And I think that was like their whole, yeah. like, thing they, they even started a myspace records and had like a myspace festival mm-hmm. um which included all american rejects and dashboard confessional and, and the singer from jimmy world and like that kind of, you know it was like that era of stuff so during the myspace era willa ford whose moment had kind of passed 
uh, started a MySpace and just uploaded it. Track number two. Is that where Willa and the gays had their harmonious meeting? I think so, because what had happened over over the course of like, like on- because Willa uh, knows that the gays are here for her. Because it was Tumblr and LiveJournal where gays were just like, hey- what happened to Sexy Sex Obsessive? Because she promoted it. Like, there was a full promotion. <laughs> right. There was a press release. Like, this isn't an album that was, like, maybe happened, maybe didn't. It was on the verge of coming out, and its first single had been pressed and released. So, wow. you know, the only people, of course, that were that cared were, were gays. <laughs> but we were like, yes. where is this? Because especially being in an era where um, your sexuality as a queer person is is oppressed by others seeing a woman who is speaking out and owning her sexuality and being pushed back because of it is she's the one you're going to identify with you know and so it's like this brings me to track number two sexy sex obsessive one word there it is now when this leaked tears around the world were collectively shed because (laughs) it was like oh my god it is as good as they said It was like, now think about it, because Sexy Sex Obsessive was probably recorded in 2002, right? And 2003 is when it got pushed to possibly being released and then just got buried more. So this is a song that, if it had come out in 2002, would have been way ahead. It has hints of like shiny toy guns and that kind of like heavy bass era stuff that we're about to head into in the late aughts. Um, It opens with just obviously some Willow lines, like, I'm crawling all inside your head, roll me up in your black and satin bed. Like she is full Mm. sex kitten in this song and it's just like uh she's just sexily crooning into your ear and interestingly she does this thing in this version i mean the only version we have is the version from that myspace era i think wikipedia says it was on her website too i don't remember that i can only speak to the part i saw um and unfortunately it's not a very high quality version so when you hear it, even her vocals are mixed a little softer than they probably would be. They kind of get mm. lost in it. But at the same time, she has done songs before like that, where they mm-hmm. almost don't trust that the vocals are strong enough, even though they are, and they get mixed right, lower. Yeah. So, um, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But when you listen to it, just imagine what this could have been. This single mm, combined when you combine fuck or toast to men. Uh, or fuck the men with sexy sex obsessive. It is promising. Now, let me tell you, there were some other rumored songs on there that would have been way ahead of their time. There's a song called Into My Bed, which was pro sex work. And it was told okay. from the point of view of a sex worker. Um, other songs are Goddamn Erotic, F You, uh, Who I Am. I mean, like, these are songs that are like, uh, and obviously Into My Bed. Um, and so it's like, we're we're talking about an exploration into her personal like they're all very they're they alternate between being personal slash vulnerable to just i'm gonna tell you about my sex life right and, yeah and you know again this is not what we're getting at that time so yeah th- we got one song from it that leaked um sexy sex wow, obsessive god, god damn it 
And uh, and and that was 2006. And what's interesting, or I think it was 2006 when it leaked. Um, interestingly, timed around the time that she did. Um, a little bit later, she did a play, an issue of Playboy. Um, that might have been 07. I can't remember, mm-hmm. but she did okay. an issue of Playboy, and that was just before doing um, Friday the 13th, which she is topless in. So um, she does kind of go down the uh, other alternate routes of of expression. Um, but this is where the songs kind of end, unfortunately. Um, there, there were a couple of stabs at kind of like venturing back into the world, but you can't find them on streaming. March 2006, issue of Playboy. March 2006. God, I'm good at this. Jesus Christ. Guys, let me tell you, <laughs> that is the only issue of Playboy that I spent my hard-earned money on. Because <laughs> you can bet that shit came into Borders front and center. I'm the manager buying a Playboy. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, are you kidding? I got to support my girl. She's on the cover. Well, so, and that was a very, that was a common vehicle at the time for women, only recently girls, for women to put themselves forward as not that little girl angel anymore. There it was. was. Again, as we've Paris talked Hilton about. Paris Hilton was on just, a cover. Lindsay Hilton, Lohan did a cover. Um, Mm-hmm. Um, controversially, Jessica Biel on the cover of Gear while she's making, either while or shortly after, she's made Seventh Heaven, the television show that's a Christian show. And there was, it was sort of, now that would not, if Playboy was now what it was then, which Playboy was still, like, you could still read Playboy for the articles then. Like, it was it was not out of the realm of possibility that, you know, in an interview, a journalistic category, that a Playboy... Uh, Playboy magazine would be nominated for perhaps a national magazine award kind of situation. Um, there was, you know, celebrities, big celebrities would still do interviews with Playboy and not in like a Howard Stern way, but in a like, here's where we're going to get candid and have a good yes. substantial interview kind of way. In an era when celebrity profiles just kind of carried a lot more weight and you couldn't just put your own message out there. You had to go through press channels to do that. And there was a lot more image management and press had a lot more clout then in that way. But it was... Because image was so controlled and so restrained and so baby dolled up to de- to decide to put yourself out there and pose nude, it was it was disruptive. It was yes. scandalous. It was it was a it wasn't empowerment necessarily. It was rebellion. Now, yes. if like Ariana Grande decided to pose nude in a large magazine, it would be like. Probably this, like, I'm claiming my body, and right. this is who I am, and we shouldn't be so puritanical. I shouldn't have to control it. Like, you know, Billie Eilish doing, like, a whole performance art interstitial video in, you know, on a tour, exposing more of her body than she ever had, and, like, daring the crowd with lines of dialogue. Like, you want to look at me, but you, you know, but you want to turn away. Like, this that did not happen then. It was just like, look at my tits. Like, aren't I fucking edgy? Because it was yeah. the way to. It was so rigidly defined what you had to be that breaking through kind of like it was a polarity. There wasn't really shades right. in the middle. It was either you were one way or you were the other way. 
And if you were, if you said something edgy and sexual in a magazine, they would print that as well. So it's kind of like yeah. Pete Wentz claiming that he was bisexual for a second, or right. you know, uh, uh, the, uh, same thing with Megan Fox talking about her own bisexuality with the very, you know, the famous "I would like wrestle an ox to the ground for Olivia Wilde" because you can just be like, "Yeah, I'm bi." Like right. there, there had to be some sort of like demonstration of performance around it. And so thinking about it, like I picked that up because I was like, oh God, I can't wait to read the interview for real. Because I was like, yeah. who was interviewing Willa Ford? Because that information is not out there. MySpace was not what Twitter is. I mean, you're not getting messages yeah. out. You are getting, yeah. you could you could post a song and and eight photos. <laughs> Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like this is not, this is not the, the be all end all of information. And so mm-hmm. uh, it, that leads me to my very last song. And I saved this one because it's a real gem. This is the song. <laughs> I hope so. It's number one. I got to tell you, I think this song should have been a single because if it were, I think she'd still be around. Don't tell Willa I said that because I don't want her. <laughs> I don't want her to lose sleep over it. Mm-hmm. But this song, number one, is "Don't You Wish." that song but i can be enthusiastic but let me tell you <laughs> when you hear can i this, not can i not hear oh, but am i able to hear the song am i able to access you will song? yes yes it's off oh, of her okay. album like, willow was here does that mean it's hidden and mean, no one can ever hear not, it no you can't hear it right this second yeah but as soon i'm as not we, hearing it right at this moment as soon as we're off this call and you hear the intro which is just her making sounds and harmonizing with <laughs> those sounds into uh-huh. it um it, this is a song that uh that that belongs straight off of paris hilton's album it is, okay. uh, it's definitely of that material, but with the vocal strength of, of Willa Ford. And it's also the first song that you hear her exercise her classically trained voice at the end of the song. So the thing that you hear her doing later in uh, Toast to Men or Fuck the Men, you, she actually did in Don't You Wish first. And, she, and it's so good because this song just keeps escalating. The second verse is arguably the best verse in the song where she says, uh, dear, the, it opens with, Dear God, I'm never gonna be her. No way. A guy can't hold me down. Got to do my thing. I want, and then uh, I want to be bad with you. I, 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 I. And so it's like, and obviously, okay. Jordan, you're gonna put some music over that so that it's not me. <laughs> um, but when you, when she does that, this is her first album. She's she wrote a sequel to I Want to Be Bad with You on her first album. Jesus. She has she had the foresight to know that that would be her wow. defining song. And so, yeah. knock, knock, Jesus. here's part two. She is, honestly, <laughs> if this doesn't show the brilliance that is Will Afford in a mm. time when I, I truly believe, you know, I don't think you have to step on other people or point at other people in order to separate yourself. Um, but, mm-hmm. but she was making a statement about what she wasn't and a time when everything was defined for you. And I think mm-hmm. with a song like Don't You Wish, which is, mm-hmm. um, it... it 
gets into the very heart of who you can't be (laughs) or Uh what uh you what you want even somebody like her I just think is like it's incredibly vulnerable for a first album um and it's also super fucking catchy and fun guys don't you (laughs) wish you're gonna you're gonna like never listen to I want to be bad again once you hear don't you wish um also uh for those of you out there who listened who saw the movie from justin to kelly yes that's right with kelly clarkson and justin g from uh american idol season one they were contractually obligated to do this terrible musical that that uh kelly clarkson later said she didn't want to win american idol because she knew she would have to do the musical i didn't want to win because i knew that you had to make that movie By the way, that Justin actually volunteered for, she said. You hadn't won. Wouldn't you still have been in the movie? They just would have reversed no, the title. No, no, he chose to. He wanted oh, to. Okay. Yeah, I just, he, but he likes acting. He likes doing that kind of stuff. So when he lost, he was like, I would like to be in this. <laughs> well, and as far as I know, Justin Guarini is now the Dr. Pepper um, pitch character, Lil Stop Sweet. It. Really? Yeah, who does the high pitch voice? Well, like, Justin, that's... good for you. Little sweet sliding down the banister. Someone crying because they can't have a cupcake. I, I didn't cry. On the inside, you did. Little sweet can hear that. You can. Guys, yeah, if you want to watch. I like that volunteerism. I'm into it. If you want to watch Kelly Clarkson chase a visibly queer man around a tropical location wearing an outfit made of neckties. <laughs> from Justin to Kelly is for you. Uh, there, But there is a song, um, Wish Upon a Star, which is my favorite song from Justin to Kelly, uh, but it is actually terrible. And, <laughs> and uh, is that wish the upon one that is like where I'm the lyrics are, don't sound like they're, yeah, they don't sound like yeah. they're actually in line. I'm going to take this a little too far. Like you're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. How many yeah. syllables? Yeah, it's it's and yeah. It doesn't even they didn't it's even bother to line it up. Multiple keys simultaneously. A girl who stays at home alone, no baby needs a fantasy. Someone who'll never let me go. Could I be forgiven? How I want my life to be. I'm gonna wish upon a star. I wanna go crazy this song is baffling to listen to don't you wish is like the song that they heard they heard it was like somebody this song wish upon a star somebody heard don't you wish and was like i'm gonna telegraph it to you out of memory and then somebody else was transcribing it on a napkin at a restaurant that was too loud and that's wish upon a star and they came out with a midi file yes yes and And then I'm going to wish upon a star. I don't and even know how to replicate the sound guys, of her there voice. Is, <laughs> there is no way. because And so <laughs> I like to think of Don't You Wish and Wish Upon a Star existing in the same universe. But like uh, Wish Upon a Star is like the, the Wish app version of Don't You Wish. <laughs> so, uh, you know, if you want the, the quality goods, go to Willa Ford, Don't You Wish. And I will throw out there, if you if you want to do some further reading on Willa... I recommend, uh, these are the honorable mentions, Dare. Yes. Uh, Did you understand that? Both songs, which I mentioned earlier, and a song I haven't mentioned, which is Prince Charming. So have at it, guys. Yeah, you've got got an EP to listen to, basically. But she is out there just waiting for you to discover her and talk about with your friends. And um, and God, this has been a really fun conversation, Jordan. Thank you for- (laughs) 
And it has also been a full episode, 50 oh, minute God. record. Oh my God. So far. I did that. Oh my God. I told you. I told you. We weren't cut, saying cut I it, wasn't cut saying it. Oh my God. when we started this. I thought I thought for sure, Jordan. Okay, the, friends, the text I sent Jordan was do you have 10 or 15 minutes today for a mini sode? Because I just <laughs> need to get a couple things out about Willow Ford. No, now it's a bonus episode. Now wow. it's a little bonus episode. This is this is its own thing. Um <laughs> This is its own thing. I think uh, I think our audience is much more informed about the pop princess hierarchy and the uh, the state the, the political state yep. <laughs> that controlled yep. it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the political state. Yes, Willa Ford. If you're out there, uh, my DMs are open. You can send mm. me that album, and I promise you, nobody will ever hear it but you and me. I will not right. leak it. I just know that it would make my life complete. Thank you for listening to the pod. I know you're a fan. <laughs> We are, I know you listen to every episode. We're celebrating you, Willa Ford. But yes, uh, and here, here's a toast to Willa Ford. No qualifiers, just a toast to Willa Ford. No, fuck the men. Let's drink to Willa. <laughs>